Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The Mark Levin Radio Show World Headquarters. I love the way people give different names to their election desks. And don't forget to listen in tomorrow, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern, and whatever time you folks have out there, for the full coverage from 6 to 9 Eastern. Um, And if you can't get the program for some reason, you can always go to our podcast or go online to our show. All the links are at marklevinshow.com slash links. Right, Mr. Producer? And you can listen live on the Mark Levin, (coughs) excuse me, that's cholera, on the Mark Levin app. Or you can listen live on the iHeartRadio app. But the Mark Levin app is the straightest way to listen should uh, somebody be so foolish as to interfere with our program here. We've been leading up to this day now. For a year and a half. A year and a half. And I am concerned. In fact, I'm worried. That our guys, quote unquote, on cable and on radio, have been so cocksure we're going to have a red tsunami. That some of you, and some of your family, some of your friends and colleagues and co-workers are going to blow off this election. You're not going to vote. You're going to leave it to other people. I am worried about that. Very much. According to the polls, and I don't know whether they're trusting them or not any more than you do, but let's pretend they're right. We have a bunch of nail-biting elections going on for governor, for Senate, and for House seats all over the country. Red states, purple states, blue states. And to be perfectly honest with you, 
a lot of these elections shouldn't be so close, given the nature of the president and his party, and given the disastrous nature of the economy, the border, crime, and so forth. So I know it's easy for me to come on here and to be a Pollyanna, but I am concerned that we're going to leave some of these candidates behind who deserve our vote, who deserve our support. I think you would do well not to listen to a lot of the coverage tonight before the election because it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do us any good. Now, if we have this fantastic, unbelievable victory, great. But I'm talking to you before tomorrow, before the formal day of election. And I am concerned, and I'm sensing this, just my own sixth sense, that we're going to leave some of these candidates behind, and I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it for a lot of reasons. Number one, all these candidates, bar maybe one or two, are superb. Number two, all of their candidates are insane. Number three, you're voting up or down on the country. It's more than a referendum on Biden. It's up or down on the country. Either you love America or you don't. There's not a lot more I can say behind this microphone, or on TV for that matter, to encourage people to vote. I can't say anything more than people fill up their car or go to a grocery store or see what's happening to interest rates and housing prices. Or they live in areas that are crime-ridden. Or they fear using public transportation. Are they concerned about the value of their paycheck and their pension? Open borders, the fentanyl, the drugs, the criminals coming across? There's just not a lot more I can say other than you're living the disaster that is being imposed upon you. And this is the one opportunity you have right now to push back. To push back. We all know that democracy will be here on Wednesday, as the Democrats call it. But it won't be here for long if they continue to dismantle our constitutional republic, and that's their goal. I don't want you to be depressed and glum the day after the election. If we lose some of these fantastic candidates and maybe not even win a majority in the Senate. Or think about your own house district that you live in. You have a Democrat representing you, and this is an opportunity to remove them. Is it going to bother you if they win re-election? Of course it is. So don't assume anything. Victory or defeat. There must be some level of urgency... Some level of more than usual motivation to take care of business here. From our classrooms to our borders, 
to our bank accounts, to our home budgets. Everything's under attack, folks. Now, it could be a historic realignment, as Newt says. I hope it is. But it's not going to be if we don't put our foot down and make our voices heard tomorrow. Tomorrow. Everybody has done everything humanly possible to build a path toward victory. But what they cannot do, and only you can do, is to secure that victory. No candidate, no pundit, no commentator, no talk radio host can deliver you a victory. You the people. We the people have to deliver ourselves a victory. These close polls should concern you. I don't care where they are or who the candidates are. These close polls should concern you. Part of the reason the media keeps saying things like, even in blue states, look at Zeldin. Or look at this congressman here. Or, or look in Oregon and Washington State, look here. It's called rope-a-dope. They want you to believe that the victory, the victory is already had. There's no need to get excited or passionate. There's no need to vote. There's no need to do what I've been encouraging you to do, to get on the phone, to text people, to email people you know. This is it. This is it. And I can assure you the corrupt Democrats and their corrupt media, they're not sitting on their hands. It's all out because power is their name. Power is their game. It's not our name. It's not our game. But we need it to be tomorrow. We need it to be tomorrow. It's up to you. It's not up to any campaign, any candidate, what ads are on TV and so forth and so on. It is totally up to you. The Democrats are trying to scare the hell out of their base and independence to vote Democrat. Barack Obama, come Wednesday, he will leave the American people in the dust to go back to making money, millions, hand over fist, vacationing all over the world, deciding where to buy another mansion. For him, this is all a game. For Bill Clinton, it's all a game. Part of the team, you know. But for you, for us, there is no game. Everything's at stake. Everything. And if you have races in your congressional districts and in your state for a Senate that are close, that means you're behind. And that's the way you ought to treat it. Washington State. Oregon governor. Oklahoma governor. You got races throughout the West. 
California, Texas, other states, Washington State, Oregon, everything's on the line. You look in the east, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, critical Senate races. You look at New York, critical governor's race, and a bunch of House seats. In Pennsylvania, in New York, and throughout the Northeast, and even New England, at stake. You look at Maine. At Maine, the Republican establishment wants to teach the conservative base a lesson by defeating us. That race in Maine is every bit as important as any Republican versus Democrat race, with Chewbacca being the Republican and Murkowski being the Democrat. You look in your own states. You look at Pennsylvania. Pennsylvanians, do you want to wake up one day and find out that John Fetterman is your senator and be the laughing stock of the entire country, perhaps the world? And what kind of representation would you have for six years? The needs of the people of Pennsylvania cannot be met. They will walk all over this guy, Fetterman, the other 99 senators. That's serious. You look at this governor's race in Michigan. Whitmer's going to double down on fascism if she's reelected. You have a fantastic candidate in Dixon. Look at Nevada. You have three House seats where leftists who voted for inflation, who voted for higher gas prices and illegal immigration, could be reelected if you don't turn out. And you have a fantastic candidate for Senate. And Adam Laxalt. Arizona has House seats on the line. And an unbelievably important Senate race with Blake Masters. I endorse all these Republicans. And a crucially important governor's race with Carrie Lake. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, Ron DeSantis will be on the program. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, Carrie Lake will be on the program. Now, you know the list. Look at Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. Can you imagine waking up in Wisconsin the day after the election and realizing that you're now represented by a Marxist who wants to open the prisons? Well, that's what the Democrat wants. And your governor's race there? You have a fantastic Republican running for governor. I mean, the Republicans have, you in the primaries, have put fantastic candidates up. Absolutely fantastic. All across the country. And the Democrats are so cocky, they put up the most radical AOC-type Marxists they could. And those who don't come out of the closet as Marxists, they aid and abet them. They're even worse. They pretend to be moderates. There are no moderate Democrats left. None. You've got congressional races in the state of Virginia. I know you don't have any statewide races in Virginia, but crucially important, in Florida, you've got multiple state, uh, excuse me, congressional races and statewide races with DeSantis and Rubio, utterly crucial. 
But every state, if you're in a red state, it matters. If you're in a blue state, it matters. If you're in a state with no color identification, it matters. We cannot leave these candidates behind. You've become familiar with them. From this show and other shows, from TV shows, from, from debates in your own communities, your fate is in your hands. Not theirs. Not the election desk tomorrow. You shouldn't even allow it to be close. What are you going to do about it tonight and tomorrow? What are you going to do about it? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. On the Democrat side, you've had Biden truncated, but nonetheless out there campaigning. You've had Clinton campaigning and Obama campaigning. Two ex-presidents and one and Biden. Where's George Bush been? Has he been helping our candidates? No. How about Larry Hogan? Where's he? He even came out against his own Republican nominee for governor of Maryland. But he wants the Republican nomination. Where's Chris Christie? Truth be told, all three of them are persona non grata among most Republicans. And yet two of them still want to run for president. And as for this election false information stuff, isn't it election false information when the Democrats say, as a chorus, when they say over and over again that we're going to lose democracy if they don't win? That the day after the election, democracy's dead? Isn't that false election information? Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad 
that as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. They keep talking about election deniers, and yet, at a one side of their mouth, these Democrats and these ex-presidents, the sitting putative president, keep talking about election deniers, and then they keep talking about, if you don't vote for them, there will not be a democracy. Sanctimonious, the same people who've been calling you names for years. The same people who've been bashing our voting system for years. The same people who've been bashing and attacking our constitutional system, our history, for years. But Joe Biden, those of you who live in areas that get cold, or those of you who actually use stuff like electricity and natural gas... Maybe use oil, maybe use propane. In other words, all of us, you better pay attention. Because the other day, as you know, Joe Biden said he's shutting down all coal mines. Now they tried to walk it back. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not walking anything back. They're shutting down all coal mines. 60% of electricity in this country is developed through coal. And then he said something yesterday that should shock you to the core. Because this is their plan. Should the Democrats win and your candidates lose, here's their plan. Here's Biden at a Kathy Hochul rally in New York yesterday. Cut one, go. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new, new drilling. No, I. In the Atlantic or the Pacific, but in the Antarctic and off the Gulf of New Mexico, or off the Gulf of Mexico. That was before I was president. We're trying to work on that, get that done. They're going to close it down, get that done. There is no more drilling. I have, I've affirmed, I have not affirmed any new drilling. Those are quotes. You heard them with your own ears. So he tells the oil companies last week. Why aren't you drilling more? Then he lets the cat out of the bag here where he says, I have, what he's saying is, I have not allowed any more drilling. But what do you think this is going to do in the months and years ahead to you? To your job? To your ability to to use a car and to travel? To food prices? To everything else? These maniacs are sabotaging this country. So you have to decide if you're in or out, if you're for it or against it. And here's a short montage, hat tip RNC, that Biden keeps saying will shut down coal plants and no fossil fuels. Cut three, go. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new, 
new drilling. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline and yes. infrastructure? Yes. And, pipeline. And, and, exactly. and There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Those are from his lips to your ears, folks. And it's kicking in, and it's kicking in heavy. Here's Bloomberg from this morning. The U.S. Northeast is hurtling toward a winter heating crisis. I've been talking about this for weeks. And I pray to God that people in Pennsylvania and New York and Connecticut, I hope that people in New Jersey and all up and down the eastern seaboard, I hope you're listening. In the most densely populated corner of the United States, temperatures are about to drop after a stretch of unusually warm weather. And the signs of winter crisis are already multiplying. Heating oil delivered to New York is the priciest ever. Retailers in Connecticut are rationing it to prevent panic buying. New England stockpiles of diesel and heating oil, the same product, taxed differently, are a third of normal levels. Natural gas inventories are also below average. A Massachusetts-based utility is imploring President Biden to prepare emergency measures to prevent gasoline shortages. Add some coal to the mix, and in the best-case scenario, Northeast consumers will shoulder the highest energy bill in decades this winter. The Biden administration, under pressure to tame prices ahead of the midterms, is trying to consider ways to stash more diesel and gasoline in New England. Now, that's not how you, you support an economy, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, to divide a a shrinking source of fuel among the states. This is a Democrat Party-created crisis. It's utterly unnecessary. In the worst-case scenario, please listen, a cluster of states with a combined economy bigger than Japan's will run out of fuel to keep the lights on and heat homes and businesses. This is from Bloomberg News. Did you hear what I just said? They want to keep, oh, democracy's over. Oh, if you listen to them, you're going to freeze. In the worst case scenario, a cluster of states with a combined economy bigger than Japan's will run out of fuel to keep the lights on and heat homes and businesses. This is in the Northeast. They're talking about New York. They're talking about Pennsylvania. They're talking about New Jersey. They're talking about all the states in the Northeast and New England. And by the way, even though old Virginians don't accept this, they're talking about Virginia and West Virginia. It's going to
going to be pretty bad, said Marcus McGregor, head of commodities research at the Conning Inc. Diesel, heating oil, and natural gas prices are through the roof. When you're on a fixed salary, how does it impact your overall budget? It has to be very bad. The Northeast is no stranger to fuel constraints. It's dearth of pipelines and refineries, meaning limited number. The shale fields of Texas and Pennsylvania might as well be on the other side of the world. In other words, because they have put an end to pipeline construction, we can't get oil and natural gas from one part of the country to another part of the country that needs it. One part of the country that develops it, one part of the country that needs it. Rocky McDonald, the father of three and realtor in Stoneham, Massachusetts, expects to pay over $500 for eating oil to keep his three-bedroom ranch house warm this winter. That's 20% more than last year. And to save money, McDonald and his wife are cooking dinner at home more often. I just can't believe it, he says. The monthly expenses are crazy amounts. I'm trying to hoard every penny. His family's total spending has climbed to $10,000 a month from 8000 last year. He's even buying less. And he's worried that rising interest rates will trigger a housing market slump, eating away at his income. Uh, he's right. We are in a recession. Please. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not the propagandist. Let, leave that to the people on TV. We are in stagflation. And we could be in a depression in the not-so-distant future if these policies aren't stopped immediately. In the Northeast, a typical family is, is expected to pay $1,100 to keep warm with natural gas this winter, 23% more than last year. Are you earning 23% more this year, folks? And when you consider the increase in food prices... And automobile gasoline prices and all the other prices? And the fact that the value of your savings, if you have any, are going down? Your paycheck, your pension check, they're all going down because of inflation. Prices go up, the value of money goes down. This was done by the Democrats in the multi-trillion dollar spending bills. And let me ask you a question, those of you who are going to suffer now. Did all that spending help you in any way? No. It didn't. No, it didn't. And he still wants to give away a trillion dollars in student loan relief. That hasn't been done yet, you know. Can you imagine? In New England, in the Mid-Atlantic, you'll be hit even harder with an average bill of $2,354. Northeast households using propane. And people using propane, you know, a lot of these are rural people, they're people in RVs and so forth. You're going to spend $1,970. Low-income consumers will suffer the most. Some of the most at-risk people are suffering when heating fuel runs out are immigrants and refugees, said John Thielman, president of This, That, and the Other. We're very concerned about the coming winter. It's unbelievable. The heart of the Northeast energy squeeze is natural gas. 
Even after Pennsylvania's shell boom brought abundant supplies to the region's doorstep, constraints have persisted. Gee, I wonder who put those constraints in place, ladies and gentlemen. New England and Mid-Atlantic are more reliant on gas than ever. Coal-fired power plants have shut in droves, falling victim to environmental opposition. Wind turbines and solar farms haven't sprouted up quickly enough to replace them. And that downing of shell gas in Pennsylvania, concerns about climate change have scuttled plans for pipelines to bring it eastward. The radical environmentalists, a.k.a. the Democrats, are killing us. To quote Bashlash, we are in for tough time. This was unnecessary. The number of Northeast households that use heating oil has ticked lower as more switch to gas, but that's a little comforting. They're almost 20% of homes. 20% that are still relying on it. The East Coast, one of the U.S. regions dependent on foreign imports, has to vie with countries struggling to replace the Russian supply. Ladies and gentlemen, there was no need for this. No need for this. And it goes on. We're in deep S. You remember that tomorrow. You want to reverse this? You need to get a pro-free enterprise, pro-energy Congress to at least start the process. So they put bill after bill after bill on this president's desk. And they dig into the Environmental Protection Agency and the Interior Department and all the other departments. They're using their regulatory powers to freeze you during the winter, to sweat you during the summer, to drive up the prices of automobiles, to drive up the prices of gasoline, to drive up the prices of food, and to drive down the value of your income. I'll be right back. Mark in. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I want you to listen to this too, America. These are all warnings, huge warnings, about how you're left holding the bag of this party, the Democrat Party, and how they're impoverishing you. Daily Caller, the Environmental Protection Agency's new methane rules could force small oil and gas drillers out of business altogether. The EPA is finalizing rules to crack down on oil and gas drillers' methane emissions 
which could raise costs for smaller producers and force them to cease operations. This is concerning because during the 2020 election, Biden talked about eliminating fossil fuel energy as quickly as possible. Independent Petroleum Association of America Executive Vice President Lee Fuller told the Daily Caller, small wells can quickly become uneconomic with onerous rules and would likely be shut down because operators cannot absorb the additional regulatory burden, said Western Energy Alliance President Kathleen Smega. Now, you see, they talk about we want more competition in these companies. This would kill small and medium-sized independent drillers. Folks, they're serious about this. They want to destroy our energy system. The EPA is finalizing rules that will restrict oil and gas production. The EPA's regulatory program can be exceptionally demanding on small wells, which can be made uneconomical. This is concerning. The proposed regulation would fight the, quote, climate crisis, unquote, by cutting 41 million tons of methane emissions from 2023 to 2035, or about 920 million tons of carbon dioxide, according to the EBA. Methane is a, quote, potent green gas, unquote, that contributes to climate change by trapping about 30 times as much heat as carbon dioxide over 100 years. Ladies and gentlemen, carbon dioxide, those masks they've made you wear, you've been inhaling your own carbon dioxide at a rate that is unbelievable. The only one talking about it is me. Number two, carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. It has never been a pollutant. It's not carbon monoxide. Number three, something called osmosis. You exhale carbon dioxide. It's not a pollutant. You exhale it. You create it. And carbon dioxide is oxygen to plants. Remember when the Democrats were all for carbon dioxide and the Amazon and all the rest? Well, they've, they, they genuflect. So carbon dioxide is essential. And then finally, it is the smallest element, or one of the smallest elements, but I believe it's the smallest element in green gas. I've told you this story before. Take a stadium with 10,000 seats. Four seats represent carbon dioxide. Greenhouse gases. Why do we have greenhouse gases? You ever see these little greenhouses that in the winter, I remember we used to drive around in Pennsylvania and in New Jersey and other places, and, and the farmers would create these greenhouses uh, to copy the effect of the atmosphere when it's warmer so they could grow their plants. We're not being threatened by greenhouse gases. There is no such thing as man-made climate change. We are incapable of it. And yet this big lie goes on and on. But whatever you believe is quite beside the point. They are planning on shutting down small and medium-sized oil and gas drilling businesses. They are planning on eliminating fossil fuel altogether They are moving in that direction now, and you are going to pay a price this winter. I'll be right back. 
This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, My opening comments, let me, let me, thinking about this during the break, because some of our friends are still out there telling you how many seats we're going to win. I want you to listen to me. Is that how the great military generals and admirals would speak to the men they're about to send into battle. That we have this one in the bag, don't worry. No, I don't think so. How about the great Lombardi and other coaches? What would they say the night before major game, or for that matter, any game? We have this one in the bag. No, they would say, we can crush these people. We can defeat these people. We are better than these people. We can get out the vote. You need to do what you need to do, each one of you in your own roles, and you know what your role is. They will want to draw your strength and encourage you to use that strength. Not play rope-a-dope. And that's what I'm talking about. I want to read something to you from the New York Sun. It's a great paper. It's a subscription, but it's still, it's a great paper. The Sun's hopes lie with a red wave. We have rarely, if ever, seen a midterm contest in which the relative virtues of the Republican principles are in such sharp relief. As Americans go to the polls tomorrow, the hopes of the sun lie with a red wave. And by the way, as do all of us. The race is too close in the key contests to make confident predictions in respect to the outcome. But it's not too close to say that we have rarely, if ever, seen a midterm contest in which the relative virtues of the Republican principles, particularly sound money, constitutional government, equal justice, and fiscal restraint, are in such sharp relief. We understand the bitterness of the Democrats, whose liberal project was stunned in 2016. It was defeated by an electorate in which a quarter of the voters were seen by what used to be the party of Andrew Jackson, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and JFK as a basket of deplorables. It is reacted by moving even further left and is now in thrall of an angry socialist faction that is every bit as offensive to the GOP as the angry GOP fringe itself. Yet we make no apologies for our sentiments for the GOP. The big issues, through others, Beacon, 
are inflation, meaning sound money, crime, the Constitution, a vibrant foreign policy. In the contest we've been covering, it says, it's hard to think of a candidate that Democrats have stood up and we choose over the Republican. We'd like the Democrats years ago, but the party long since left us. It's grown more hostile with each passing election. For the generation now flying the flag of the sun, this goes back to at least Vietnam. There the Democrats took us to war only to start, in the face of communist guns, waffling, eventually betraying our wartime ally. A generation later, the Democrats abandoned our ally in Iraq, and recently, in particularly shocking default, the most democratic government in the history of Afghanistan. They want to do the same with Israel, and I might add, they want to do the same with the United States. As the Democrats have grown more radical, we sense a discomfort with our Constitution. The basic red lines are ignored most blatantly in this season by the Democrats' January 6th committee. It proved willing to use against President Trump a forbidden tactic, a tainder, meaning, as the Supreme Court once put it, trial by legislature. They said, we carry no brief from Mr. Trump, but are shocked by the attempt to run him out of politics by forbidden means. The same nihilism is on display in, say, New York, where the Democrats are defying the Supreme Court's long-overdue decision to strike down the state's de facto, nay, de jure, handgun ban as an affront to the Second Amendment. It has led to the Democrats being compared to racial segregationists in Jim Crow South, who sought to defy the Supreme Court's decision in Brown versus Board of Education. When did the Democrats become like that? Concerns of a crime dismissed by liberals as fear-mongering are bolstering the Republican cause this year as voters recoil from the Democrats' hostility to the police and laxity on public safety. Bowing to the far left, New York's failed attempt at bail reform turned courthouses into revolving doors for repeat offenders. And Congressman Lee Zeldin is near the end of what could be, let us not get ahead of ourselves, a historic run for governor. And I'm reading this because this really applies throughout the country. For all this, it is the economy that is most important issue this election. The key issue is inflation. It would be wrong to lay entirely Democrats' debasement of the dollar. The power to regulate the value of our money is given to the Constitution of Congress. It's clear, though, that if any effort is eventually to be made to reconsider our national experiment with fiat money, it's likely to come from Republicans. <clears throat> inflation isn't the only issue it follows from overspending and overborrowing although our issues on which the GOP is more likely to re lead a reform which is why the Sun favors a vote for the GOP in the House and the Senate if the Republicans are successful in either house will give us a period of divided government and test among others whether the Democrats will credit our democracy they say as graciously as Clinton did in 99. And what they mean by that is Clinton had a press conference and he admitted that he moved too far to the left and then he moved more to the center. But that's not going to happen this time because the Democrats won't do that. They're not capable of it. They just don't believe in it. Just listen to their media. Their media tell you everything you need to know. And just listen to the Democrats. They tell you everything you want to know. 
James Clyburn on Fox News Sunday, he doubled down on comparing Trumpism to Nazism. What Clyburn is really saying is unless you're one of these Chris Christie, Larry Hogan Republicans, Liz Cheney type Republicans, uh, you're like Nazis. Now I want you to listen to this again. Cut seven. This is from Sunday. Go. Congressman, you've repeatedly made comments about Hitler, about Nazism, about Germany in the 1930s in recent years. You've gotten a lot of pushback from that, from Jewish organizations and others who say it belittles the suffering of the Holocaust, of the millions who were lost. Your response? I've talked to many Jews. There are many Jews in my congressional district. And they are very supporters of mine. They know that this is the stuff uh, that causes those kinds of deteriorations in democracy. This is not anything about uh, whether how difficult it was. I talk about slavery and how difficult it was. But that, to discuss the facts of what's going on here, election deniers, setting up procedures by which little committees by governors can overturn the results of election, to call the press the enemy of the people to co-op. All right, that's enough. That, that, that's enough, this idiot. Tell me, what do they call Fox News and conservative talk radio? And how many times have they sought to put us out of business? They don't mind a press as long as the press is part of their party. They don't mind free speech as long as when you speak, you agree with them. That's why the oligarchs in Silicon Valley teamed up with the Biden administration and the Democrats in the last election, and probably this one, to cover up fundamental issues and to, and to push off the Internet completely uh, views of Republicans running for office and conservatives. The only people attacking the Bill of Rights are the Democrats and people like Clyburn. The only people making references to Hitler are people like Clyburn. Clyburn says, look, I know a lot of Jews in my district. Okay, I know a lot of blacks, and they don't talk like you, Clyburn. You're a hack. You're a hack. And they don't want to stay focused on the issues, America. You think about when you go to vote, you think about your own situation. Because if you're not even going to vote to defend your family, defend your livelihood, defend your community, defend your savings, defend your retirement, defend your nation's borders, to defend your nation's economic system, to defend the police and to defend the military and defend the Constitution, then there's nothing we can do to convince you. But this jerk with the Third Reich and the Nazis. Why doesn't he explain to us how FDR handled the Nazis and the Holocaust? He won't. Because I guess the Jews in his community don't know about it or don't tell him. And here I am in front of 14 and a half million people. And I've told you and the whole world repeatedly. What would the Founding Fathers say 
about what the Democrats are saying today. What would they say about about the 1619 Project? What would the Founding Fathers say about them putting their lives on the line? Everything on the line. If the British had caught them, they would have hanged each and every one of them after they tortured them. What would they have said? And the men and women who came after and put their lives on the line for this country, not some imagined utopia that the Democrats are pushing for, but this country. What would the Founding Fathers say? And what would the Founding Fathers say about this election? What do you think they tell you? What do you think the men and women who died for this country? What do you think they'd say to you? What do you think they would say to you? In Arlington Cemetery. In all the other military cemeteries and private cemeteries where all these men and women are buried. One battle after another. One horrific death after another. I think I know what they would say to you. We gave everything so you could have everything. Don't, don't give it all away because you didn't vote. Don't allow these demagogues to persuade you that somehow they are defending liberty when the vast majority of them have never put on a uniform and attacked those in uniform. Don't believe the slick tongues and propaganda of those who are destroying your country. Look all around you. Look at the grocery store. Look at the gas station. It's not hard to find. And they've only just begun. Evil isn't just something that's projected into the country. Evil is something that exists in our country. I'm just telling you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to pure talk too they're my guys switch to pure talk in less than 10 minutes go to puretalk.com and our promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast to save 50 percent off your first month again puretalk.com and our promo code levin podcast 
Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know how to tell you this. We've had scheduled on this program the last several weeks three times Carrie Lake at their request. And they've canceled three times, and this time one hour before she's supposed to appear on the radio show. So I'm guessing she's probably going to be on some Fox show. Because that's what she did last time. Now, Arizona, I want you to vote for her. She's far better than the other candidate. But I just want you to know that. I would never do anything like this. And sometimes these candidates who like to be on TV, like to get their faces on TV, don't understand that talk radio has an audience that's four or five times larger than the highest rated Fox News show. And I don't say that as a put down. I'm on Fox, too. You know, these broadcast platforms, they, they fuse very nicely. And not only that, the email was extremely cocky. So I would tell Carrie Lake, we wish you the best. I want you to win. I endorse you. But you sure have a cocky staff. And they said, but she's happy to come on after her victory. But we won't have her on after her victory. We do want her to win. I want to make it abundantly clear over and over. She is the only candidate who has done that to us. The only one. Just her. And what disappoints me tonight, the reason I'm spending time on it, that's a slot I could have given to somebody else. It's too late now. You know, there are other candidates. That is a slot I could have given to somebody else. Now I can't. It's too late. And I want to do all I can. And you, you patriots out there, like no other audience in America, we're trying to do all we can to help all these candidates. Because we're on a mission. I told you this before, years and years ago, when I started in talk radio, no host did this. No syndicated host did this. We started this. This whole idea of conservative versus establishment, we pointed this out in my books and over the airwaves. Which is why Boehner hated my guts. It's okay. Feelings mutual. Meanwhile, he's a pothead, I guess, or at least he lobbies for them. And I'm not. Anyway, we're very disappointed in uh, what took, t- just took place. Now, we are going to have Ron DeSantis on in the next half hour. You know how we know? Because they've contacted us how many times to make sure we're ready, Mr. Producer? They confirmed twice today and once last week. That is an organized staff, and that is a fantastic governor. I'm just telling you, nobody's busier than him. And uh, so it's very important. Also, Blake Masters out there in Arizona. And you got a couple of very important congressional seats. Very important. So we've never, we've never had this happen with any candidate once, let alone twice, let alone three times. So, whatever. Whatever, whatever. It's no offense to me. I'm not running for anything. I just want to help the people who are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data 
just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. Governor Ron DeSantis, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Mark. Did you vote yet? I voted early. What do you? Who you think you're talking to here? I'm the first one in line, I'm Governor. Making sure. I'm just making sure. <laughs> we need. We we, want, we don't want to leave anything uh, anything on the table. I know you're a busy guy. Just making sure you you got it done. In fact, Governor, people were looking at me like, "Where the hell did you come from?" And I'm walking in, and they treated me greatly, and they all came up to me and whispered to me, the judge of elections, I'm a conservative, she said, you know, like we're in East Germany or something. But anyway, Governor DeSantis, the people of Florida and the people all over the country with all these close races, everybody talking about red way, red tsunami, except me, if we have it, great. What do you want to tell the people? I just tell people, go out and storm those polls tomorrow. We have an opportunity to do very well. It's not in the bag. It's not in the bag at all. But I think you look at what we're going to do in Florida, I think we have a chance to have a historic night. You look across the country, a lot of those close races in the U.S. House and U.S. Senate, uh, I think if our folks just swarm the polls tomorrow, I think all those close races are going to go our way, and I think it'll be a really good night. And it's just a matter of getting out there, dragging other people you know out there, friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, you name it, get them out there. And if you think about it, like Florida, we're in a situation where the majority of the people here, they appreciate being in Florida. They think the state's going on the right direction. They appreciated how we handled it uh, during COVID. Many people moved here because of how we handled it. So, so that's great for us, and we got great energy. On the other hand, Floridians view the country as going in the wrong direction, and they strongly disapprove of Biden's policies. And so that gives added incentive to want to go out uh, and, and express your voice. And I think what we're hopefully going to see in Florida is massive turnout on our side, decisively winning the middle. Uh, and then I think, you know, we've really demoralized the Democrats, uh, the Democrat base, because we're putting wins on the board and Biden is failing. And that's just obvious for everybody to see. Miami-Dade is a typically heavy Democrat area, and yet things are, seem to be changing there, right, Governor? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we actually, going into Election Day, uh, we have uh, had more Republicans in Miami-Dade cast ballots than Democrats have. Now, you don't necessarily know who they vote for, but I think in Miami, those Republicans are like 95% going to vote for me. The Democrats, we're getting Democrats down here, particularly Latino de Democrats, uh, to vote for us. And so we're going into election uh, very likely with, with a good lead, and we anticipate a really strong turnout tomorrow. So I think this is going to be a major sea change. This is the most urban, highly populated county 
in the state of Florida. Uh, this is uh, obviously a major area that's attracted a lot of people over the last few years. Republicans typically don't win those types of areas. We're usually winning suburbs, exurbs, and more rural. Uh, this is going to probably be, uh, after this election, going to be considered the most conservative major urban area in the United States. You have a lot of new seats, a lot of uh, seats that are kind of on the line. Uh, you had an excellent redistricting, thanks to you. Uh, how do you see that playing out? Well, I think we have really two uh, two different things. One, on the federal level, we have 16 Republican members of Congress currently. Tomorrow night, if everyone does their part, uh, we will likely have 20 Republican congressmen, so that's a four-seat gain. And then in the state legislature, we do have strong Republican majorities in both the House and Senate. But again, if people come out with a vengeance, we will have super majorities in both the Florida House and the Florida Senate. So that's really, really important for us. And so, and of course, uh, Senator Rubio uh, getting reelected and, and helping us uh, maintain that seat and there, therefore may, uh, get control of the U.S. Senate. So we should mark after tomorrow, it'll be the first time since Reconstruction that there has not been a Democrat elected statewide office in the state of Florida. It'll be 100% Republican. Now, you managed to, you and, and you managed to, with your policies and so forth, that's, I mean, completely changed things in four years. I mean, four years ago, you won by what, 50,000 votes or so? Yeah, so if you look back, before I became governor, the marquee race uh, each every two years, Rick Scott, 2010 governor, Obama, 2012 president, Rick Scott, re-election, 14, Donald Trump in 16, and then me in 18, those were all one-point races or less. And that was kind of the norm in Florida politics. We had almost 300,000 more registered Democrats in Florida than Republicans when I got elected. Well, today... Uh, we have 306,000 more registered Republicans than Democrats. Had a lot of people come that don't affiliate with a party, uh, but are with us uh, largely because they were refugees from COVID lockdowns and they came to the free state of Florida. So this electorate is going to be the first electorate that we've ever had that has a Republican advantage at all. We've never had more R's than D's in Florida history. And to have 306,000 in just a four-year period, that's almost a 600,000 registration shift in favor of Republicans. We've never seen anything like that. Oh, a lot of that's migration, Mark, but honestly, if you look at the number of people that go from D to R in Florida versus R to D, we're converting so many more Democrats to Republicans than vice versa. It's not even funny, particularly in a place like Miami-Dade County. You campaigned in many parts of the country as well. Um, the people in New York, we have a huge New York listenership here as well. They have a chance to elect Lee Zeldin. What would you tell the people of New York? Lee Zeldin's an excellent candidate. He would make a, a really good governor. That's just no matter what. But now if you look at what's going on in New York, I know about the problems in New York, Mark, because people are fleeing New York. They're coming to Florida, and they're mm -hmm. telling me about the problems. They're telling me about the crime. They're telling me about the bad policies, the, the, the COVID insanity that went on there. And so Lee will correct all of that, and it will increase the quality of life uh, in the state of New York. And I think 
we can have our different philosophical debates. I mean, obviously, you and I are going to be on one side. There's other Americans that are on the other. But when your personal safety is no longer secured, that's sometimes where people get out of their political comfort zone and realize you got to elect somebody that's going to take care of that. So Lee Zeldin will do that, and I think it'll be big for New York. And, and I've also said with Florida, we're unique because these races affect our state. I mean, if Stacey Abrams were to win governor in Georgia, which he's not, that would precipitate Georgians moving to Florida in greater numbers. There's no question about that. What Lee is trying to do is he's trying to stop the bleeding in New York. And the thing is, is there's been a lot of wealth that's come to Florida from there, and that's great. I've got guys from NYPD that retired on your Port Authority. Great guys. They're my supporters. So it's been good for me. It's been good for the state. But I want the country to succeed. I want all these places to have a shot. And yes, New York, uh, you know, there's a lot of Democrats there, but they should get an opportunity to live under some common sense policies instead of becoming this kind of a wokeocracy that they've become over the last few years. This is, just to be honest, the second biggest talk show in America. It's the last program before people vote tomorrow morning that can be heard in every corner of the country, even up in Alaska and even out in Hawaii. Get out and vote. What is What are we facing if we don't get out and vote and we don't win these governorships and we don't win the U.S. Senate? What is the nation facing, Governor? Well, we, you look at the problems we have, inflation, open border, energy crisis. Those are all policies that were created by Biden's leftist agenda. And so it's not like this stuff just happened. He's causing these problems. And that's with a 50-50 Senate. Can you imagine if they had a 52 or 53 seat Democrat majority? They would pack the Supreme Court. They would abolish the Electoral College. They'd make D.C. a state so they get two left-wing Democrat senators. And they would eliminate voters or ID all across this country and mandate ballot harvesting. That's what they would do. Uh, they are can't be trusted with power. They've failed. Biden has failed. And so this is the chance to put the brakes on that and start the pushback. Obviously, you need massive, massive oversight of Fauci and CDC and all the nonsense that went on there. You need to hold his feet to the fire with the power of the purse on the border. We need remain in Mexico reinstituted. We need the border wall built. Uh, you have other investigations that need to take place. So there's a whole host of things. But we are very close in terms of where this is. If the Dems were to gain additional power, uh, they're going to use that in ways that are going to devastate this country. Look at the energy situation. The Northeast is going to face a horrific winter. I've gone over several issues with the audience on this over the last several weeks. All these experts, all these suppliers uh, are talking about what they're having to do. I mean, we're, we're committing national suicide when it comes to energy. Does that affect the people in Florida, too? It affects everybody in the United States. Gas is higher because of Biden. Natural gas has gone through the roof, and so that's affected, uh, reflected in your utility bills. We have what we need to be energy independent for many, many generations. It's not even a question. This is Biden pursuing an ideological agenda. Uh, he's stopping production. He's not permitting these pipelines. And now he goes and begs Maduro and Saudis for oil. It's bad for national security. 
security. It's bad for people's pocketbooks. We need to be energy independent in this country. Mark, we just had a major hurricane last month come through southwest Florida, and it knocked out power for millions of people. I can tell you this. We had 42,000 linemen stationed, ready to go restore. But when you want the power back on, the lights back on, you ain't going to windmills to do that, okay? You need oil, you need gas. It's the most dependable thing. And so we've got to get better uh, at doing that. Uh, we were basically energy independent before Biden took office, and he's really neutered it, and, it's, and it has uh, a lot of ramifications, people's pocketbooks, but, of course, the country's security. All right, Governor. Any final words for uh, the Floridians and Americans generally? All Floridians, I'm asking for your vote. Uh, we're going to continue to work hard, and all Americans, please get out and vote to change the direction of this country in a better way. All right. Good luck, Governor, and God bless you and your family, my friend. All right. Godspeed, buddy. Take care. You too. I don't know. That's that's a pretty good interview. Even without Carrie Lake, don't you think, Mr. Producer? <laughs> Who wants to bet money that she's going to be on Fox at 830? Who wants to bet? You want to bet a thousand bucks? But you can't bet against me. I agree with you. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Poor thing doesn't understand. But I want her to win. I want her to win. But when you come out of TV, that's the way you think. TV, TV cameras. Who was the most influential conservative in our times? Maybe of all time. Who didn't have a TV show? Rush Limbaugh. He didn't like TV. He told me, I'm not... This TV stuff, he felt it was too fake. And he was much more comfortable talking to you all over a microphone. I am too, by the way. I don't think TV's fake, but I'm much more comfortable behind a microphone too. But people seem to think, particularly candidates, that they have to be on TV. And yet our secret weapon is right here. It's radio. That's the secret weapon. That's where tens of millions of patriotic Americans are most of the time. When you're in your car, you're not on your TV. But some people don't get it. That's okay. Doesn't bother me. By the way, one word from my man, Dan Bongino. I don't get to listen to a lot of radio during the day. I have to work. But I got a number of emails about my man, Dan Bongino. Let me tell you something about this guy. He's one of the greatest patriots I know. A cop, Secret Service agent. He uh, ran several campaigns in dark blue districts where he's trying to represent his country. And he is one of the best radio hosts in America. He is very deferential but he is what he is he's fantastic and even more is a dear friend i'll be right back mark lovin there's literally no reason to pay verizon at&t or t-mobile over 80 dollars a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at pure talk for half the price yep talk text and blazing fast data 
just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. See, the Democrat Party's filled with liars and sleazeballs, as is their media, like the New York Times. The Fetterman campaign, along with the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee, the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, filed a lawsuit now to overturn the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's ruling that undated mail-in ballots should not be counted, arguing that it violates the Federal Civil Rights Act. And that has been posted by Dasha Burns. And so this is how they hope to work with the Department of Injustice. I'm telling you what's going on. That's why you need to come out in mass. In mass. Uh, these people are corrupt to the core. They don't accept Supreme Court decisions. And now I'll tell you something else I've been noodling over. All this talk about this election's about democracy. They want to go in to court and they want to say to you election night or the days after look at all this corruption by the Republicans we told you they would threaten democracy and they have you see what I'm saying Mr. Producer the way you fight this is to turn out in such massive numbers tomorrow there's not a damn thing they can do about it they're just sleazeballs so the Democrats are already in court the media will cover for them I hope all talk show hosts and hosts on TV who have even a modicum of objectivity will hear about this. It's why the Democrats are running around saying, oh, democracy's on the line and we're going into court to protect democracy, don't you know? I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. 
and they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true, and I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877 381 Let me repeat to you what what was posted. John Fetterman's campaign and the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee and the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee have now filed a lawsuit seeking to overturn the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's ruling. Now keep in mind that court has six members, one died, four of whom are Democrats to overturn the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's ruling that we talked about last week, that undated mail-in ballots should not be counted, arguing it violates the Federal Civil Rights Act. Now, let me tell you something. This has been the Pennsylvania state law. They're bringing up this Federal Civil Rights Act violation because they're getting it into federal court. And how much you want to bet the Federal Department of Justice joins them? the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department, headed by a racist bigot by the name of Clark. How much you want to bet this was already planned? Right, Politico? Right, New York Slimes? Right, Washington Compost? And why do you think the Democrats keep talking about... Just look how the media have screwed this up. Just stick with me a second. Let's walk through this. Use your common sense. That's all I've got. It's all we've got. And that's why I'm mostly right. And the media are always wrong because they're ideologues. It has not made any sense that Obama, Clinton, Biden, and their surrogates will be campaigning the last two weeks or so, but especially intensely the last week, on democracy as at stake. Unless they believe they're going to get slaughtered tomorrow. Follow me? Step one. Step two. They're going to argue in part that it's due to changes in the election laws. Unless the defeat is so crushing, that wouldn't even matter. So what they want to be able to say is that look what happened in Pennsylvania. 
or state A or state C or state X or the Georgia legislature or whatever it is. They're all saying exactly the same thing in the media. And I don't mean the radical left media who are surrogates for them, but even our media doesn't comprehend exactly what's taking place here. So, I, I mean, it, tonight it just struck me. They're just laying the foundation to complain about and challenge about, as I said last hour, if the Republicans win big, the Republican victories. That somehow they're literally not legitimate. That's what I think is going on. Does that make sense, Mr. Producer? So it wasn't that they're campaigning on the wrong issue. They need to campaign on inflation and gasoline and the border and crime. First of all, they knew they couldn't because they created all these problems. So they're thinking, all right, what do we do? What do we do? We accuse the Republicans of being election deniers. We point to January 6th. We point to Trump. We keep going on and on about how 300 election deniers are actually on the ballot. And we just hammer that in, the big lie, through repetition over and over and over again. And the critics say things like, they just missed it. That's not what they're supposed to be campaigning on. But it depends what they're trying to do now, doesn't it? If they believe they're not going to win or they're not going to do well, let me put it that way. They're trying to create a narrative. Listen to me. You've heard it here first because I figured it out. They're trying to create a narrative. And the narrative is all the disinformation that's out there. That's fine. But whatever they hang on to, bad information was given to black men in Georgia. That's Stacey Abrams now. In Pennsylvania, they're bringing a lawsuit because you're required to date the envelopes. The U.S. Supreme Court said yes. Third Circuit, stay the hell out of it. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, controlled by majority Democrats, said yes, you have to date it. And now the Democrats are bringing a federal law, hoping to take it up to the Supreme Court again. Voter suppression. And this is also why, stick with me, this is also why the Democrats, let me see here, did one other thing. Trying to find this here. Stick with me. I'm not done here. In the state of Missouri, whoever sent this to me needs to send it to me again. In the state of Missouri, there's a county called Cobb County. And a, uh, let's see, I'm looking to find this. Stick with me, America. And an assistant United States attorney covering that, that part of Missouri contacted the person in charge of elections in that county, which apparently is a Republican county. And there's some issue they're trying to raise respecting people who are handicapped voting. 
And the assistant U.S. attorney's office says they're going to have four individuals in that county to find out what's been taking place to question people and do a, a same-day investigation. Did you hear this, Mr. Producer? In Cobb County, Missouri. A same-day investigation. Tomorrow. So this was the Biden plan. It's now coming to fruition. They're going to work with radical left-wing groups, and they're going to work with various entities within the Democrat Party umbrella to raise civil rights issues in a number of these Republican states. That's what they're going to do. It's already begun. It's already begun. It started in Pennsylvania tonight. It started in Missouri this evening. Today. And I'm not the center of information gathering where everybody brings it to me, but these are two cases that have been brought to me that I'm now aware of. And I'm sure there will be many more. The Democrats don't play fair. They also lie like a rug. And they will accuse you of doing what they do. Violence. It's a funny thing to hear this guy. This guy Clyburn. Do we have him again, Mr. Producer? It's cut eight. I want you to listen. Let's see, which one is it? No, no, I want you to go to cut seven. I want you to listen to this guy. Go ahead. Congressman, you've repeatedly made comments about Hitler, about Nazism, about Germany in the 1930s in recent years. You've gotten a lot of pushback from that, from Jewish organizations and others who say it belittles the suffering of the Holocaust, of the millions who were lost. Your response? I've talked to many Jews. There are many Jews in my congressional district. And they are very supporters of mine. They know that this is the stuff uh, that causes those kinds of deteriorations in democracy. This is not anything about uh, whether how difficult it was. I talk about slavery and how difficult it was. But that, to discuss the facts of what's going on here, election deniers, setting up procedures by which little committees by governors can overturn the results of election. Ah, there we go. Hillary talks about 2024. We've played that before. Where she talks about how that will be a fixed election for the Republicans. 2022, they keep talking about the Republicans as election deniers. I'm telling you, they're laying the foundation. I'll be right back. Mark in. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. 
Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Here it is. I tweeted it out. This is from the Missouri Secretary of State's office. You ready? And he says, this email was sent by the Department of Justice to one of our election authorities. Steve, it's to one of the election authorities. Thank you for your email and information. I am working with the Disability Rights Section. This is from the Assistant U.S. Attorney, Western District of Missouri, under Biden and uh, Garland. I'm working with the Disability Rights Section of the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice on this matter. We wanted to let you know that we will be reviewing Cole County's voting program on site on Election Day. There will be four Department of Justice staff, including me, working in two teams. One team would like to come by your office on Monday, November 7th today to just briefly touch base. Is there a time that would be convenient for you? For Election Day, we would appreciate it if you could identify for us the election official we should touch base with at each polling place. For example, would be that by election judge? They want to touch base with election officials at every polling place in this Missouri County. Also, if you would, please let the election officials know that we will be visiting each polling place and have a few questions for them uh, that may assist in making the visits go smoothly. Rest assured that we understand that you will be administering the election and we will try to minimize the time we spend at each site. Please let me know if you have any questions or thoughts on this. You can almost always reach me on my cell phone shown below. Thank you, and I hope I will get to meet you. Charles M. Thomas, Assistant U.S. Attorney, Western District of Missouri. So tomorrow on Election Day, the Western District of Missouri will have officials at every single precinct in this county just to make sure they're handling the ability of people to vote with disabilities. And they have talked to them today. So here they are trying to prepare for an election. Obviously, this is a Republican county. And they're harassing them. They're harassing them. This is the U.S. Attorney's Office. Western District of Missouri. This is the Department of Justice. And the subject is the Cole County Voting Program. Now, what do you think they're doing this for? Not only to intimidate and interfere, but also to come up with some example somewhere, some statement somewhere where they can say, look at what we found as we were doing our election integrity work. Because they're making sure, you see, ladies and gentlemen, that the Republicans and MAGA, 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 the semi-fascists, don't destroy the election system because we want to protect democracy. This isn't your dad's Republican Party. This is systemic, systematic. This is the plan. This is why they wouldn't release it to all those groups that have brought lawsuits, including some of the media, to see the plan. What I would suggest is if and when the Republicans take control of the House and hopefully the Senate, assuming McConnell will let them operate, that all the communications 
between the various U.S. Attorney's Office and the Maine Department of Justice on issues of voting and elections, whether it's January 6th or whether it's this November 8th, as well as all their communications with the different lawyers and law firms and left-wing groups, be gathered, subpoenaed, under penalty of obstruction if they fail to provide these pieces of information. Because that's what's taking place as I speak. Now what can you do about this other than get upset and shake your head? Get angry and vote. Oh, you did vote? I want to thank you. Have you helped get anybody else out to vote? Have you picked up your cell phone? Have you sent a text? Have you sent an email? I was in a place for lunch today. A lot of wonderful Levin fans. And I said, before we speak, I'm going to go right down the line here. Did you vote? Yes. Did you vote? Yes. Did you vote? Voting tomorrow. Okay. Did you vote? Yes. Very nice couple behind me. Did you vote? Yes, we did. Now we need to get other people out to vote. This is the night before E-Day, Election Day. It's now or never. It's now or never, ladies and gentlemen. And they have plans for Fetterman, too. I see somebody's mimicking what I said already. The plan for Fetterman is, and we uncover that here, too. Somebody gave us the information, threw it over the, over the wall to me. If Fetterman gets elected, the Democrats intend to have him resign. They expect to win the governorship. I'm not saying they're going to succeed winning these. I'm just saying that's their goal. And then they intend to uh, appoint his replacement by the left-wing radical, who they hope will be the attorney general who becomes governor, uh, and give this person five, five and a half years without any benefit of an election. That's what they're going to do if they win the governorship and the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. So they're all sleazeballs. I know this, so the media know this. I know now what the Department of Justice is doing. It's, remember, remember I told you, I think it was March 6th or 7th or 2nd or whatever it was on the radio, 2017, that they were spying on Trump? Turns out they were. Just looking at the public information. All right, I'm looking at the public information. This lawsuit in Pennsylvania didn't just happen. This assistant U.S. attorney didn't just send this email by accident. And I guarantee you there's a lot more of this crap going on. And I'm going to tell the Republican leadership after this election that they need to look into this. Hopefully, to some extent, they will listen. I think they will. And James Clyburn, as for Nazi Germany... I know you take a lot of junkets, and you have during your long and pathetic career. You really need to check out Auschwitz and Treblinka and some of the other Nazi death camps. So you actually understand what Nazism and the Third Reich are. So you get a, you get a drift that 80 years ago, half of the entire Jewish population on the planet was exterminated. 
And so you can stop using your crap, poisonous, cancerous language in describing people like me who happen to be Jewish. I'll be right back. By the way, I don't believe Donald Trump's making any announcement tonight at the J.D. Vance rally. Could be wrong, of course. Uh, But I don't believe that's so. So anybody who's trying to get you on the edge of your seats, just watching and listening, uh, I don't believe that's going to happen. But then again, what do I know? Ever hear of Mark Ruffalo, Mr. Producer? He's an actor. Have you ever heard of him, Mr. Call Screener? Well, apparently they consider him an A-list actor. You never heard of him? Uh, he's been in a number... I'm trying to think of the different movies he's been in. Anyway, Hulk, but others, I think, too. I think some of the Marvel movies, maybe, but I don't know. So he's, he's, uh, he's known for having tweeted past year or so some truly horrific anti-Semitic tweets. Accusing Israel, in my view, of genocide, uh, calling for um, or apartheid, calling for uh, all kinds of... He's tweeted so much, it's hard to even to know. Uh, I'm just seeing here. And then he came under pressure, of course, because uh, when you push out anti-Semitism, some people push back. And he said, uh, he apologized. I reflected and wanted to apologize for posts during the recent Israel-Hamas fighting. Remember when Hamas was shooting missiles into Israel? Trying to kill Israelis? Suggested Israel is committing genocide, it's not accurate, and so forth. Um, but he has posted some really, really nasty things. And I just wanted to mention this now, so the people in New York know that he has endorsed Hachel, the current illegitimate unelected governor of New York. He has come out and endorsed her, and she is extremely excited about it. She's posted a picture of him and her, him holding her tightly, Around the shoulder, I believe. So I just wanted everybody to know that, that Mark Ruffalo has endorsed um, Hachel, which is particularly interesting given that Zeldin is, would be, as Democrats and liberals and the media like to say, he'd be the first Jewish governor, I think. Wouldn't he, Mr. Reducer? Something like that. Proud to have at Mark Ruffles support posts, tweets, Kathy Hachel, as we fight to protect New York's environment and build a clean energy future. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. She's definitely going to do that. You're going to be without heat. You're going to be without air conditioning. You're going to be without fuel generally. So you'll be able to enjoy nature. Just make sure you have sleeping bags, uh, batteries with socks, propeller hats, Make sure you know how to blow hot carbon dioxide into your hands so you can rub them together when you're freezing to death. When you're freezing to death, 
So here we have a Hollywood actor has a history of viciousness, in my view, towards Israel and Jews. That's my opinion. Uh, who has not only endorsed, but is so proud. She tweeted it. And there he's standing. He looks like some kind of old guy selling uh, Nathan's hot dogs on the corner, Mr. Producer. That's what he looks like to me. Uh, he's an actor? Seriously? It's like Joe Biden reminds me of an old man, a homeless man in a raincoat, screaming at pedestrians at the top of his lungs, with his eyes squinting and his teeth sort of grinding and chattering. Whoa! Mr. Producer, there's Carrie Lake. Carrie's on Fox. Do you owe me a thousand bucks or we both agreed this would happen? Is she a guest? A contributing guest on on there? We were stood up. Wow. I'm so ashamed. I'm so humiliated. We were stood up. Three times. By the way, this is why I never dated. I never dated. I never liked dating. It can be embarrassing. It can be embarrassing. Did you go to your prom, your high school prom, Mr. Producer? You did? I didn't even go to a high school prom. Not because I was, because it seemed so stupid to me. Was it stupid or was it fun? Stupid, right? Way ahead of my time. Where are we here? Let's take a call. Do we have any callers? Let's take a good one. Especially a liberal one. The great WABC, Tony Clifton, New Jersey. Go. Hey, Mark. I just want you to know that you've been such a positive force in my political life. And I hope that my comments do you well. Okay, my I'm first in trouble. thought is on why the electors, why there are representatives from the government at the elections. It's because mm-hmm. it's been a proven fact, uh, by, I re- read up on the Heritage Foundation in cases, that you can never prove election fraud, even though it exists, unless you, unless you catch it. So that is why they're there, because they want to catch any fraud. We, they the don't want to catch fraud. They want to allege fraud. <laughs> yeah. You know so what I mean? The other thought is we, the Republicans are going to win, and here's why I believe that. Because we have had experience-based learning that no other group of voters in my generation has had. Maybe the gen- the even, even the people who survived the Depression and World War II, we have had so much learning. And I think if our voters are as smart and savvy as they seem they're not stupid and they've gone through a lot mark they've gone through a lot of things that really are going to make them vote well let me say this they better turn out all of us you know here's the deal i'm watching some of my friends they're democrats view this as armageddon the republicans are going to win and it's not that could actually happen but it hasn't happened yet 
And I know what's going to happen later in the week if something like that happens. I predicted. I'm not predicting anything. I'm saying let's beat them. See, I actually have hands-on experience with activism from the grassroots, the base up, whether it's the Tea Party, the Reagan Revolution, the revolution going on now, the revolution that took place in Virginia, the, uh, the Convention of States. I'm involved in all of it right here behind the microphone. So I know what's going on. I know how we push for our vote. You don't push for our vote. Hey, we're going to have a tsunami. How big is it going to be? What do you predict? No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I want us to be psyched. I want us to be positive. I want us to be, uh, be out in, in, in droves. And you don't encourage people to do that when you just keep patting yourself on the head in advance like so many of these people on TV and radio are doing. It's crazy. Well, my friend, thank you for your call. I have stymied you with my genius. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Who's next, Mr. Producer? Springfield, Maryland. Bob in uh, Maryland. XM Satellite. How are you, Bob? It's Bob from uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. You're awesome. Mark, you. you hold. There's no backseat. You take no backseat without charity to rush. He had his, uh, you know, moments and his greatness. And but you're like on the top as far no, as. I'm let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's Rush. There's Babe Ruth. If you know what I'm saying, and that's the way it is. There's Wilt Chamberlain, from my view, when it comes to basketball. You're Rush very, is all that. Modest. You're 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 very modest. But I'm calling about the groundwork you talked about. You also got the groundwork on the economy and the recession and the depression because once once we clean them up tomorrow and and we start to undo some of biden's uh agenda they're going to be blaming the republicans they're all, all of a sudden they're going to admit to a recession and even worse than that they're going to say it's all due to the republicans they're going to so sharp you are right on and that's the other reason they've been saying prior to democracy that we just talked about that the Republicans are going to make things worse. You're right on, because things are going to get worse. It takes time to pull out of this sort of thing. It's a nosedive. It takes time to pull out or to turn the aircraft carrier around. It takes time. And even though the Republicans are only going to really be in a position to stop Biden, as the numbers get worse and worse and worse, Biden's going to say, see, I told you so. You're right on, sir. Exactly. In Springfield, Massachusetts. Thank you, brother. Appreciate your call. One more, Mr. Producer, is one more. Yes. As we go to the other side of the country, Gillette, Wyoming, Steve, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, uh, the great one. How are you I listening to, to the show? Thank you for, um, I'm listening to it on my phone right now, but I was on Patriot in my truck. But Yeah, we love that. Waiting, thank you. Which is great. Um, I just want to, what you were talking about last Friday, you know, you'd mentioned about the coal mines when Joe came out with his little statement. Well, there was an article in the the Cowboy State Daily that came out on the 27th of this month. The article's headline, Arch Wyoming Coal Mine, which used to be Arch Coal, Arch Wyoming Coal Mine has great third quarter but still has plans to shut everything down. Here's a quick Mm -hmm. snippet that explains everything. During the company's third quarter conference call, 
Company executives discussed the situation in the Powder River Basin, struggles with rail capacity, and the company's commitment to environmental, social, and governance operation, commonly referred to ESG. I don't think anything really has changed with the PRB. Powder River Basin, says Arch CEO Paul Lang during the call. Mm -hmm. Basically, Black Thunder Coal Mine is one of the largest coal mines in North America. We've produced coal for since 1977 and provided electricity throughout this country, for this great country, for the longest mm-hmm. time with clean coal. And yeah, they're going to shut it down. Yeah. They're shutting and, it down. They, and there's nothing to replace it. I mean, we're shutting down coal. We're shutting down oil drilling. We're not building nuclear plants. He, uh, there's not there's no bridge to anything it's absolute 100 percent destruction going on here and he's going to block all new drilling he already has now, i mean if you vote for this guy you have to be insane mark this coal mine is surrounded by reserves that are the federal government's they have about eight years of what they have leased right now they said they're not going to soak any more money in it because they're going to close them out but there's millions of tons of coal that could be mined, providing great jobs for the, the communities of Gillette, Wyoming, and Wright, and mm-hmm. also powering the United States. But I have we're to not- go, but guess what they're going to do next? I hate to tell you this. They're, gonna, no, they're, gonna, they're going to announce that it's a monument, and he'll sign an executive order, and nobody will ever be able to reverse what Joe Biden has done. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. You told me it's surrounded by federal land. Immediately my antenna go up and it is okay. They're going to devour that mine. These people are sick. All right. I'm sorry. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Listening to these people in the lead up to tomorrow giving their analysis of what's going to happen. It's so repetitive. It's exhausting. It's mentally draining. Dumbing us down. And the Republican establishment wants you to know that we don't, we're not so sure about the Senate. You know, it's really, really close. And because the Republican establishment's favorite, you know, talking heads are out there saying that. This is why I said, please, put this all out of your heads. You know what you need to do. Have you called anyone today? Do you know what time you're voting tomorrow? If you haven't voted? Have you emailed anybody? Have you texted anybody? You're going to feel great after you do. Do your patriotic duty. And we'll take matters into our own hands here. Okay? If we can win this thing big, it'll be because of you, the grassroots. It's not going to be because of everybody on TV or radio. It's not going to be because of the RNC or the DBC or the ABC or whatever. It's going to be because of you. Let's do it. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? We have a little over a minute together before voting tomorrow. First of all, I want to strongly encourage you to tune into this program 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If there's any interference by any of our uh, folks out there, you know how to find us. You go to the MarkLevinShow.com slash links page. 
and you'll be able to hear us live. I want to read something to you from George Patton. Never tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do, and they will surprise you with their ingenuity. No good decision was ever made in a swivel chair. Ladies and gentlemen, do we choose liberty? Or do we choose tyranny? This is a surge, ladies and gentlemen. All patriots and Americans, rise up! Tomorrow's the day. Vote. Get as many people to vote as possible. This is our moment. This is our responsibility. Save America. And I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.